Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hi folks, Gordon Brewer here, and if you don't know me yet, I'm the person behind the Practice of Therapy podcast, which is part of the Sightcraft network of podcasts, and I'm so proud to be part of this network along with Aaron and Nathan and the Shrink Think podcast and the great work they are doing to help people in their journeys. And if you haven't discovered the Practice of Therapy podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join us as we explore the business and clinical sides of running a private practice. And be sure to check us out at practiceoftherapy.com for all the great resources and free webinars to help you in your own private practice journey. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think podcast. We're going to talk about um, a sort of a, a little bit of a complicated topic today, but I'm going to try to keep it simple. And it, I think it's going to be pretty relatable. It's something that I have to talk with a lot of people about, and it's something that I've worked on in myself as well. So I get it. Um, it's a challenge that a lot of us have or have had, and that is being connected or attached. I like the word attached to outcomes and situations and will attach to people and have all kinds of meaning that we um, have put on things. And, you know, all of that, you might be thinking like, well, that sounds okay. Like, don't you want to like be a caring person and not a sociopath or something? And that's not really what I'm talking about here. But it's mainly this idea that I think when you can be too connected to things or I, and again, I like to use the word attached. Because it means that like, you know, if you have something like a, a car or a, a thing that you're really attached to, um, in some ways, it can be that you're too attached to that thing. And if it breaks or you lose it or you get into an accident or gets damaged or destroyed, you can be like overly upset about that. And that kind of exposes that you were that attached to that thing. And you might realize, oh, man, I like put way too much into this thing. And so I, I kind of want to talk about this, I think, from that standpoint of how do I go through my life and have healthier relationships and healthier attachment to things uh, so that I can kind of be a, I, what I would say is an emotionally stable person. So what I was thinking while you were saying that, Aaron, is I, I have a, I'm attached to a situation in which there is a kid that is very attached to video games. And I'm so, assuming this kid is your kid, so you do have some attachment to <laughs> what they're doing and who they are. Actually, the one I have in my mind is not, is not as much. Um, there's a whole situation in which this computer is getting used and the, the person that's involved, the, the parent, takes the computer away. This kid absolutely 
loses his mind. I'm talking about like a tantrum of tantrums. Like all of a sudden he becomes two and a half or three years old. Like one tantrum to rule them all. Yeah. And it, um, and they won't, the kid won't give it up. Like won't, won't, won't give it away or whatever. So mom finally takes this and goes, um, you look, you can, you can leave here. We'll just put this away. If not, like you don't even need this. Like, and so mom actually throws the computer, tosses it. It's an older, it's an older computer anyway. And the computer breaks. This kid, I can't even describe to you the, the, you know, the, the, what goes on after that. I mean, the scream fest. And it came to my mind as you were talking that because, as of so much attachment, I think that is made with that computer. It's like the vehicle for him in order to attach to the world type of a thing in, in his mind. So anyways, I'm kind of using it as a prompt for you, for you in a way to say, like, when you're talking with people, is that kind of what you're talking about? Like, it's not in an addiction to electronics. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I, that's a great example. I think um, we can certainly use it. And when I when I think about it, let's say this was presented to me, there's a couple of ways that I look at this. I would see the attachment that the kid has to the device, to the thing. And then oftentimes there's a parent that is uh, trying to do something with their kid. You know, they're trying to get their kid to uh, not value it so much or not have this tantrum or to get off the screen or something like that. So in essence, we've got the parent's attachment to the kid or not really to the kid themselves, but to the the behavior or the outcome that they want. Like, I want the kid to just turn off the screens when it's time or to let go of the thing and just not throw such a big tantrum. So if we start with, um, maybe we can look at the attachment that the kid has to the thing. Really, I guess the problem as I see it, so we'll talk about the problem and then what do we do about it. The problem as I see it is the kid is looking at this thing as being like a source of happiness or a source of enjoyment, contentment, peace, you know, whatever, which in a certain sense, that's okay. Like we do those things, we have these things in our lives and that's fine. The problem is the intensity of the attachment that you have to it. So then I, I try to look at it from the other standpoint of if I don't have that or if I lost it or if I let go of it, can I be okay? And really, it's a it's an ability question. Like, do I have the ability to actually be okay? And so in this case, obviously, you know, the kid lost the thing and they're throwing such a big tantrum, which is essentially saying, no, I am not okay without this thing. I am so attached to it. I need it in order to be okay. And that's where we are like, this is a bit of a problem, right? So we're looking at it. This thing is like you are way too attached to that thing. Now, if you're a parent, you observe that and you're saying, okay, I see this. I might actually want to withhold that thing for a time or to put some limits around it so that the kid has to come face to face with this attachment problem within themselves. They now, the kid now has to do some reckoning with, oh, I want this thing and I feel really strong about it, but I can't have it. I've got to learn how to tolerate that discomfort or the anger. I've got to figure out how to do something with this feeling inside of me of like anger or lashing out behaviorally and not be that way. And ultimately I need to experience not having that thing and come to see that I can actually be okay without it. And that's not something that you can just tell someone. It's something that you actually have to experience emotionally and relationally. So 
what comes to mind as you're saying this, and I don't know if this is totally where you want to go. We, before we started this, this episode, we talked about like, maybe I would kind of interview Aaron a bit more. Cause this is kind of, he was talking about how he's had to recently deal with this quite a bit with, with different people and that kind of thing. And in his own life. And I think of the concept of I, I've identity, right? So like, to what extent is this object become a part of this kid's identity? I mean, your way you're framing it as problem and behavior, which makes sense to me. And I'm just wondering, does it play into the identity at all? You know, that's an interesting question. I'd be curious to hear what you think more about the identity piece. The word that comes to my mind is actually security. I am not secure as a person mm. unless I have this thing. Okay, I see what you're saying. I think, I think with the identity component, um, I, I knowing a little bit more about this case, this kid sees who they like, not just how they want to be, but like th they are a part of a community online that they're now not going to be a part of, which speaks to who they are, like because they they develop a, a bit of who they are online right? Like, like their connectivity to other people. So now they're, they're losing all these friends. They're losing all these connections. They don't have any of this anymore and that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is the challenge of it. Um, and let's assume that, let's assume that there's a, a, a valid reason for why the, you know, that community was taken away or what the reason for why this person no longer had access to the device and this, all these people and whatever. Um, so we're not, we're not calling it an injustice. Maybe, maybe there's a valid reason you don't like it or whatever. The point is part of what we're saying is that this is life, right? Life is going to have these instances where something happens and we now no longer have access to this thing that we thought was so important to us. And maybe it is important to us, but part of what I'm getting at here with this episode is we need to look at the attachment that we have to these things or to these these people or whatever, and we need to hold them kind of loosely, which doesn't mean we don't care about them at all. It just means that I need to recognize that life could take this away. And if it does take it away, can I still be okay? So if this kid, this person has lost the community, they are now faced with, in a sense, I don't know if they're like a teenager, but let's assume they are. If they're like a teenager or younger, they're faced with this existential problem or question of like, oh no, who am I apart from these other people or apart from this community? And that's ultimately a question that they do need to answer and learn to see that I can actually be myself and okay apart from it. And I can function and have life enjoyment even without that thing. I mean, well, and even in that case, I mean, there's this thing that could happen called a power outage, in which case, you know, like any extended period of time with that, like what, you're just going to not be who you are anymore because you can't turn on a machine, you know, <laughs> right. like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> right. But earlier, before we started this episode, you were talking about meaning and, and I got the impression it wasn't just about things per se. It could be stuff in conversation that's happening back and forth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so this is another one of those things where, uh, um, in relationship, I think especially um, we are as human beings, we are such meaning making creatures. It's built into who we are and it's a normal thing that we all do. So that's it's fine that it happens. But I think we need to be careful and, and really ultimately be aware of what we are making meaning about. So much of life just happens. 
We don't know why it happens. And in some ways, we don't need to know why it happens. We just need to actually accept that it happens. And so here's where you've got this dichotomy or this conflict that will arise inside of us because of the meaning that we make about things that we shouldn't make. So here's a great example. Um, You're in a relationship, uh, whether it's a friendship or it's a marriage or a dating relationship. It's something that is intimate or that's close, right? And you've got some investment in the other person. So in in the previous example, like this parent has some investment in the, the kid, obviously. You care about what they do and what they don't do. You observe that they do something and your first thought is, oh no, why did you do that? And it's not just, I don't like that, you know, but it's like, why would you do that at all? And maybe there's a reason that you've made up in your mind. Um, It affects you. You're offended by it. You don't like it. Maybe there's a better way or a more efficient way. Or maybe even you've told this person so many times to do this or to not do that. And here they are, they're doing it, right? So you've got some attachment. This is why like holding that loosely, I think is so critical. I think the tighter grip you have on things, the more likely you are to apply or assign a meaning to it. So you do this thing. And to me, it now means you don't care. It means um, you only care about yourself. It means you don't like me. You don't like me. It means you're trying to convince somebody else of something that's not true. It means you're okay with dishonesty uh, because you were not fully accurate about something that you said to somebody else. It means all these things that I, in my own brain, have now attached or assigned to you and to your behavior that you are completely unaware of, and it might not even be true at all. As you're saying that, can you talk about the difference between meaning and judgment? Because I feel like there's going to be folks that um, out there that are going like, well, that just sounds like you're just being judgmental. But I think there's something more to what you're saying. Like there's an in-between zone of some kind. Yeah, that's a great distinction. I think when somebody is making a judgment, they're coming to... So, okay, maybe in both cases, I'm thinking out loud here. If you're making meaning about something, you've come to a conclusion about what it means. So you're coming to a conclusion when you're judging as well. I think the judgmental side of things is that there's like a negative implication, a negative opinion about it. Um, that's you're holding somebody against a standard uh, that you have developed for yourself or that you believe is a good standard, and you're judging somebody against that standard. Whereas the meaning that you're making about something is you're just saying, oh no, the conclusion I've drawn is it means this. You don't like me, you don't love me, you don't care, something like that. And that's not necessarily a standard-related thing. It's more subjective based on where the person's at. So... The other piece of that pie is that inside of the meaning, if you can understand what you're doing, like you have the insight to go, what, you know, to even ask yourself the question, it sounds like, why am I making me like, why does this mean what, it, what I think it means? Does it even mean that? I mean, there's, there's a lot of other potential reasons, like other people might look at it and think it means something different. Then if you can slow down, you can actually slow the entire thing. When you, That's that we were talking about with this open-handed idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of times we assign meaning to things based on fears, based on insecurities, uh, based on anxieties and worries. So again, I, I like to look at it where if you play it out, you can see what's happening. 
And then if you were to remove that thing or not do that thing, you would expose what's underneath it. Okay, so if I have a problem in myself of worrying about my own acceptance, like I'm not necessarily an acceptable person, like maybe people won't accept me or whatever. Somebody then says something like, I can't believe you would do that. The way that I might make meaning of that would be like, oh crap, I'm not accepted. Like I mean, but what, wait, what, like you, why wouldn't you have thought that? Like, yeah, let me, let me actually make it a little bit more innocuous. Let's say you did something and it was just silly. Like it, it, it wasn't a bad thing, but it was just a thing. And somebody's like, oh man, I can't believe you did that. You know, it's like lighter. They're sort of joking about it. Maybe in their mind, they're just like, oh, that's crazy. And they move on from it. Right. But you've assigned this and then maybe they say that thing and then they don't talk or they don't text or you haven't seen them in a while and you're just thinking now i've assigned the meaning to the silence or to the laughing or to the lack of contact between me and this person i've assigned the meaning of oh no you judged me or you didn't like what i did you thought it was this you thought it was unacceptable and now it means i'm unacceptable and you're now thinking do I even want to be in a relationship with this person? I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you did that thing that's unacceptable. So what you're saying is that as you, if you assign meaning to something, you're almost assigning a way of thinking to it also in the sense of other things fall like dominoes potentially. Correct. And the thing that's so dangerous about that too is it's, you're right. It's like this whole belief system that gets constructed based on this meaning that you've you've given to this other person that's not reality, but you're believing it's reality. And also connected with that is this whole thought pattern, belief system thing, and a gigantic, usual emo- usually emotional stuff that's uh, carried behind it. So it's not just like, oh, I have assigned meaning, it means this, okay, no big deal. It's that, I've, like you said, acceptability. I've assigned meaning, and I've got a lot of big, deep feelings about it. So... Um, in the beginning, we were talking about this before we started. You had some examples, and I was thinking it might be helpful to give more of a specific example, even than we've got around like maybe situations that that you've been in therapeutically recently of where people would have like the common struggle if there is one. But because I could hear you saying something like, "Okay, so what does that mean?" And then the person saying like, well, it obviously means blah, blah, blah. And like, and if you're saying, okay, it might not, because what would, what would maybe, what would your spouse think it means? What would your child think it means? What would, what does that person think it means? Because if everybody has a different conclusion, then what does it actually mean? Right. And I think what I, that's, that's a great example. And I guess without going into some of those examples, I, I would want to move into uh, more of the solution, which is what I talk with people about, which is. Okay, so it's possible that it means something else to other people, or it's possible that you think it means this. What if we just try to let it just be what it is? This person did the thing, and it doesn't mean anything. And, and I'm doing that kind of from the standpoint of let's just accept reality for what it is. This thing happened, or this behavior happened, this person said this thing, and it doesn't mean anything. Also, because we don't know what it actually means. You can ask a question. You can say, hey, why did you do that? And you can gather more information, but you also need to start from the standpoint of, I don't know what it means, blank slate. But if you're trying to assign meaning to life and to all these things that are going on, that also means you're trying to understand things that maybe are not understandable. You're complexifying 
That's a new word I just made up. Yes. <laughs> You're complexifying things that don't need that much complexity. So if you just let things be what they are, it's like, okay, this happened. Oh, that sucks. Oh, why did that happen? I don't know. It just did. Really, a lot of ways, I think the reason for doing this is it's like deflecting against acceptance. It's like a way of avoiding accepting life as it is. That's crazy. I really like that idea of if you if you were to entertain, like, what if it means nothing? I mean, that's an interesting thought after that, because the you know, if you think of like if that literally means nothing, then why are you ascribing any of the tens of things that you're saying? Also, I just want to say as a side note, the word complexifying. I think we need to conversate more about that and come into agreeance about that. Those are two words that people make up all the time. Never say it. Anyway. I know. I wonder if it's couth to do that. Oh, my. Oh, my. So anyway, um, that is interesting and helpful. I think if if you're... if the, So the listener out there, I think in any given time, if you were just to try one time in the next week, just to just to, just to ask yourself, like, what if that means nothing? Like whatever the person said, as specifically if it's something that was really offensive, like what if it actually just doesn't mean anything? I mean, the person didn't, maybe they didn't even intend it to, for example. They just said what they said and it, it, that's what happened. It's just a behavior. It's just an action. The other place I find this helpful is if somebody has a feeling about something, I will, a lot of times we'll get sort of uh, concerned or we'll get like, oh no, the person's like really upset and I'll, I'll encourage them to look at it like, how about they just had a feeling about something? The other person just is having emotions. Okay. That's just all. That's all it means. Their person's having emotions and then they'll stop having emotions. That's all it means. It's kind of a way of going through life um, a lot less upset. You react less to things because ultimately what you're faced with is your own kind of internal insecurity or anxiety or worry that you experience. And that's what you have to deal with. And if you can manage that stuff and just let things be what they are, your internal world becomes a whole lot less quiet or a whole lot more quiet and less reactive. Let me ask this one last question. Would you put this underneath the entire umbrella of healthy detachment? Exactly. Definitely. You can care a lot about people. And I'll even say like you can be watching a sports game or watching your kid do something and you can want something. You can wish that things are going to go a certain way. Of course, you're a human being, but you're detached from that so that if that does not happen, you're like, okay, yeah, I just hope that would happen. But this is reality. This happened. And I accept that. Right. So you're you and you get to determine how you experience life. You don't have to just accept things in the sense of how you think they are. You don't determine life. You don't control life. You don't determine other people, control other people, but you determine how you're going to think and feel about life. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>